Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Diary of a Network Administrator, episode seven, in fact. And I am Oz the Two, and this will be my last podcast this year, uh, and I'll kick it off again at some point in 2019. Today, I'm going to talk about... Um, Config Manager, again, um, in my last podcast, I talked about upgrading Config Manager to the latest version of current branch. Uh, I decided at the time that I wasn't going to upgrade ADK, as in the past it had been problematic. But when I was project planning it at work, I thought, you know what, if I don't do it now, I'm going to have to do it at some point. You know, so let's just do it now, <laughs> get it over and done with. Um, and so I did. So the current version that we had at the time was Config Manager version 1706 and ADK version 1709. And I ended up upgrading to Config Manager 1806, and that included the hotfix rollup, KB4462978, and also ADK version 1809. And I made some notes just to talk about on the podcast as to the process that I took essentially in my project plan, um, in case anybody else is thinking about doing it. Um, because it all worked absolutely fine, um, entirely unexpectedly. I had no issues whatsoever, not a single one. So I, first of all, checked the monitoring uh, in the Config Manager console, you know, the site system, site components, made sure everything said OK, all green lights, and I had no outstanding issues there. Then I updated the SCCM server with any Windows updates, rebooted it. I ensured that I had a good recent backup, um, and I had a few of those. I've been using SQL backups, um, and I've used Ken Agerlin's excellent post on his Deployment Bunny website on using SQL to backup Config Manager and why you should do that over the inbuilt site maintenance task. Um, so I recommend you have a look at that. Um, I also took an immediate backup um, using the site maintenance task uh, just to make sure it works. Um, and it did work. So that was more an exercise for my, for my own benefit rather than one that I needed, needed to actually do. I then disabled some site maintenance tasks, um, which is the recommended procedure. So I disabled the backup site server task, the delete aged client operations task, and the delete aged discovery data tasks. Um, I then took backups of my custom XML files, my MIGAP XML, etc. that I use. Your mileage may vary there depending on if you use those or not. Uh, I then uninstalled the current version of ADK on the Config Manager server and then rebooted the server. At that point, I was committed. So I then installed the new ADK 1809, uh, which is now a two-part installation. I rebooted the server. I ran the prereq checks on 1806 in the Config Manager console, um, and then obviously installed it through the console. Um, I then rebooted after the installation, which took about, oh, I wish I'd written it down, but from memory, maybe 20 to 30 minutes. Can't quite remember. I don't think it was more than half an hour. Um, I then checked uh, the uh, console status. 
Again, check the monitoring, the site, the site status, and the components. Component status were all green lights, which they were. Uh, I then ran the prereq check on the 1806 hotfix rollup, and then installed the 1806 hotfix rollup, and then rebooted the config manager console again. Um, I had to upgrade the console, which took ages. I think there were two. I had two upgrades, so I upgraded it, and then it said, "Oh." Do you want to upgrade it again? And I didn't make a note of it, but on my notes here to talk about. But I think there was an error when I tried to upgrade the console, and I can't remember remember what the error was. But the solution was just to close it and then relaunch the console and let it attempt to upgrade again, and then it was fine. The upgrade took ages to do the console, so just be patient there. Um, once I was in the console, I checked the monitoring again, the site system and component status, made sure it was all green and okay. I then re-enabled the site maintenance tasks that I disabled earlier, with the exception of the um, backup site server, because uh, I don't use that. As I said, I use the SQL server itself to do the backups, so I left that disabled. Copied my custom XML files back, uh, my MIGAP XML, etc and check that the um, versions were all okay um, and expected, you know, the console version, the site version, my boot images were the correct versions. I checked the drivers tab in the boot image, made sure um, all my customizations and additional drivers, etc., were still there, and they were. I then tested everything. I tested imaging. Uh, firstly, that was my primary concern. I tested application deployment and uh, made sure that software updates were going out okay. My compliance uh, rules were still working. In fact, everything worked. Um, it is amazing, actually. I was surprised myself. I didn't have a single issue. So I don't think we were lucky. I think the config manager team have just done a really good job with the upgrades now. And um, from some of the stats I've seen uh, on Twitter, they have very few failures in you know, thousands and thousands of installs and, up and upgrades. So I definitely recommend it. Make sure you have backups as a belt and braces approach before you hit that upgrade button and go for it. Uh, one of the things I've also done since upgrading is I've removed um, WDS from a few of our uh, distribution points and I'm happy to say that imaging still works absolutely fine and it's just one less component that I need to worry about from now on. Uh, in the past I have had imaging fail and when I've logged onto the distribution point for some reason WDS wasn't running. I mean it's a quick fix you know I just need to restart the service but it's, it's one less hassle in the future. So yeah I'd, I'd recommend that giving that a go as well. Um, Again, from what I've read, some people have had issues with removing WDS, and they've had to put WDS back, but I've done it on three distribution points so far and not had any issues with those three. So give it a go. AppLocker next. Um, we've bought a code signing certificate, and I am going to configure AppLocker in our organization and I'm going to ensure that only applications that have been signed with our code signing certificate can be installed uh, which is going to help us with um, security of our organization making sure that some of these rogue applications can't get installed and some of these um, 
bits of malware that are floating around uh, it's going to prevent that sort of thing there'll be a small administrative overhead but um, I think um, I can probably use three basic rules um, allow anything signed by our co-signing certificate allow anything in program files already and anything in Windows to run because all of our users log on to their computers as users I'm going to make that assumption that anything already on their computers is trusted so anything already in program files is a trusted application and we're just going to sign everything ourselves it's going to ensure that all applications come through the IT department that will have a procedure where we have to look at them vet them make sure we're licensed and then we'll sign them because even if it's a commercial application you know, you can still, and it's already signed, you can still re-sign it with your own code signing certificate. So it's going to uh, generate a new procedure and keep us a little bit more secure. So that's something I'm going to start in the new year. I just haven't got time to implement it now because um, <laughs> I'm currently in the middle of another project, which brings me on nicely to talking about it, which is Windows Always on VPN. Um, so I started project planning that last week, and um, we're going to pilot that as soon as possible. I know my manager asked me last week to see whether we could, whether it's feasible to start piloting it before um, the end of the year. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can, but there's a lot to um, to look at and take into account and some of the digging and reading I was doing as part of my project plan has uncovered a few things. One of the things I'd like it to do is to straight away mimic direct access, you know, what we already have and it's it's user it's sort of user based. Although you can have a device tunnel, I was reading that there's a current issue if you have a user tunnel and the device tunnel with trusted networks um, implemented uh, in that uh, it shuts down the user tunnel and, and can cause some issues at the moment because because of this trusted network um, parameter that you put in the XML. I don't know. I need to look at that anyway. That's that's by the by because that's uh, I haven't even got that far yet. Um, I'm going to start building the first server on Monday, which is tomorrow for me. Today is the 16th of December. So yeah, tomorrow I'm going to start building our first server for that at our Frankfurt office. Um, start the configuration, getting the bits and pieces on that I need. And just work as fast as I can to get a pilot up um, and see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to offer us more flexibility than we currently have with direct access. Uh, particularly uh, if we upgrade our Azure AD to a P1, at least, licensing model, and we start using um, conditional access with it, it's going to be great. I think the future is looking groovy. So that's my current project. Uh, what else have I been doing this past month or so? Um, I, oh, I wrote a, a PowerShell script. Um, it's called get-oh stale account. Um, I needed to find out some accounts, um, well, all the accounts that hadn't logged in um, for a certain number of days. And so as part of my doing a job properly, I wrote it as a module called AD Tools. 
and the plan is that I'll add all my Active Directory tools that make my life a bit easier to this module. So at the moment, it only contains get-ohdale account, and um, it does exactly that. It will uh, find stale accounts that haven't logged in, either computer accounts or user accounts, to a certain OU, um, and it uses recursion. So it will also search the child OUs. I've put a switch in so that if you don't want to use recursion, you don't have to. So it will search only the OU you specify and nothing else. Um, and it will give you a list of, of everyone or you know which objects haven't logged in in a certain amount of days. I find it quite useful. Um, the plan is to um, add more tools, as I said, to this AD Tools module, as and when I get round to it. I've got a few other um, scripts that I want to rework and rejig and write properly, and I'll add to this at a later stage as time permits. Um, so that's going to be an expanding tool set. It's on the PowerShell gallery. If you go to the PowerShell gallery um, and search for AD Tools, um, you'll see it there by, by me, Oz the Two. Have a look if you're interested. And again, you know, as part of my doing a job properly, it's got it's got full help. Um, you can do get help and use a, the dash online to view it online if you prefer it, which I do. Um, and yes, I know technically it's not, you know, it's not exactly precise because I'm not querying every domain controller, but um, it certainly will meet the majority of people's needs, I think. It certainly meets mine. Have a look, either use it or don't use it. The choice is yours. Uh, so that's good. I, that was fun writing that properly. I already had the script as like a, a one-liner, pretty much. And um, it's not really a script, is it, if it's a one-liner? Uh, and I, I wrote it so that other people could use. And I'm surprised because I haven't advertised it anywhere. Um, it's had quite a few downloads. Uh, I guess my tags that people use for searching are working quite well um, yeah so have a look AD tools another script I wrote well I rewrote uh, it was one that I've been using for a while I wrote uh, a while ago and I rejigged it in part of again doing a job properly into something that's more usable and um, it's called invoke dash application removal and I use it for removing applications um, by a config manager because what it will do, it will search the registry under uh, HKLM software, Microsoft Windows, current version, uninstall, and also the equivalent WAL 6432 node um, for all the uninstall GUIDs from the MSIs. And you can search on a um, application name, for example, Firefox or Chrome, and it will perform a like search. So it will find Mozilla Firefox and all the version numbers, for example. Or you could perform an exact search. So if you wanted it just to find um, Firefox, then if the application display name was called Firefox, it would find just that. Uh, and then attempt to uninstall it. And I found it's much more effective, uh, much more effective method of uninstalling applications um, cleanly, particularly things like um, Adobe products. And... Um, yeah, so I rejigged re that, and I've put that on my GitHub, and have a look at that and see what you think. Um, it's fully documented with help. It's under my GitHub account, forward slash, osthe2, forward slash, PowerShell, 
Um, and then it's in SCCM and it's called invoke dash application removal. And it's got a what if on there as well. So if you want to try it out and put dash what if, it will show you what it would try and install, uh, try and uninstall um, if it was successful. And I think once you've used something like that, you won't go back. Um, because with Config Manager, when you configure application and you put the um, uninstall GUID in, um, if you then update that application, particularly Adobe products, if you patch it or something like that, the uninstall GUID changes. And so your existing uninstall um, that you've set in your application no longer works. And if you try and supersede that later, the uninstall won't work. So it gets you out of the bind. It's great for uninstalling all versions of Java. For instance, you can just search for Java in there, put, put the application as Java, and all versions of Java will be uninstalled, things like that. I found it useful anyway. As I said, that's reworks from an original script that I wrote a while ago, and um, it is fully documented. It accepts pipeline input. See what you think. Uh, the final piece of Config Manager shenanigans that I've been playing around with this month um, has been uh, well it's prompted by a new member of staff we have uh, a new starter in IT and um, one of our guys was explaining the imaging process to him and he was talking about all of the uh, pre imaging tasks that he had to do and it was essentially going into the BIOS and changing a whole host of BIOS settings and I've mentioned to uh, my colleagues in the past that at some point I'm going to get around to automating this so they don't need to do it and I was listening to him talk about all these settings that he was changing and I thought to myself you know what let's do it now so I've automated that it's quite nice with config manager I can create a whole new task sequence completely separate to our main one and um, just add it into the to the main task sequence with the new step add task sequence or whatever it's called so it's quite nice and it works remarkably well everything's set um, it sets the password it sets all of the settings and we have quite a few settings that we change and um, everything is set absolutely perfectly and it just saves them about 10 minutes worth of work and you know when you when you think about the amount of imaging that, that gets done that's going to save a lot of time I've also started to incorporate um, at the same time it will upgrade the BIOS if there's a recent a more recent version so it will check the current BIOS version um, it will check against uh, the version that I've downloaded and if the version I've downloaded and is packaged up is newer, it will also upgrade the BIOS as well. So it sets the BIOS, upgrades the BIOS, everyone's a winner. It's really good, I'm really pleased with it. Didn't take long to do, and it's well worth doing. I think we're lucky in that all of our uh, units or computers are Dell, and so I use the Dell CCTK. But I should imagine in a mixed environment, it's a bit more problematic, a bit more, a bit more work involved. But for me, um, it was straightforward and something I should have done ages ago. But it's done now, so that's good. Um, I haven't forgotten that <laughs> I said I'd do this book review on Radical Candor. And I have been reading it, albeit quite slowly. I'm on page 94, no, page 98 <laughs> out of 418. 
so far I've learned nothing um, but you know I've got a few hundred pages to go yet so I'm finding it quite a hard read it's quite boring <laughs> I have to admit I couldn't recommend it at the moment and um, I have nothing further to say at this point so I will continue my slow read of this book and hopefully in the new year I will have something to say about my thoughts but you know if you've been listening to this podcast you know that I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not very good at reviewing anything so we'll see how that goes and finally if you ever think you have it bad where you work um, I have a small story for you uh, <laughs> this makes me laugh when I think about it I don't know about your workplace but I in my workplace we have uh, BitLocker enabled and um, the way I've done it is just done as part of the imaging process imaging machine it gets BitLockered and um, everything is stored in Active Directory you know central resource for the keys and if you need to unlock a drive for any reason you could just run the, the BitLocker tool or you know an Active Directory and um, <laughs> retrieve the the key that you need it works really well it's all automated everything is safe everything is secure only the people that in IT that need to see the BitLocker recovery keys can can view them it's all a thing of beauty and uh, a friend of mine said that at his workplace they had to throw out <laughs> they had to throw out a drive because they couldn't get into it because they use an Excel spreadsheet to to write down all the recovery keys and these are long keys as you as you probably know um, human error is bound to creep in so they have no automated process of doing this they're manually bit lockering the drives is that a word bit lockering bit locking the drives and then updating an excel spreadsheet <laughs> with the recovery key and it was just a matter of time before uh, they couldn't get into a drive they have config manager as well so <laughs> so yeah if you think you've got it bad there are other places that that are, are probably in a, a worse state than you and with that i hope you all have a great holiday and happy new year until next time happy holidays